0: Hello and welcome to episode 32 of The 11th Hour, a weekly podcast about Rancid. I'm Brad Rose from Foxy Digitalis. I'm Sam Mellencon from Debacle Records. Each week, we pick a Rancid song, or in this case, Rancid Adjacent song, and talk about it and all our complicated feelings. So this week was my pick, and to get in the holiday spirit, I don't know what the fuck that means, but uh, just... (laughs) going we just i don't even know we're gonna talk about one of the all-time may, maybe the all-time great song tim armstrong is involved in mm-hmm. operation ivy's sound system The Sound System is, of course, by Operation Ivy. It uh, was released... Oh, I guess I didn't get the release date on the notes. But it was in 1989, I believe.
1: At least the, like, comp
0: is in 1989, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, the the EP came out in 88, and Energy originally came out in nine, 99. Oh, okay. I, and then the, really the comp came out in 91. Oh, uh, okay. And so, yeah, it's... the. Songwriting credits for opera, for like the whole op pretty much the whole album is lyrics by Jesse music by Lint of course Tim's uh, what he was known by back then it just, but it usually just says music by either Operation Ivy or Lint slash Operation Ivy so um yeah I don't know uh, and then of course Operation Ivy was Tim Armstrong and Matt Freeman from Rancid dave Mello on drums and jesse michaels on vocals um one of the things i love about energy is so like that cover art image is so iconic and that's jesse's art which we will talk a lot about jesse um but he's and depending on i guess i don't know he's his art is kind of more his thing than music and has been since operation ivy um which i think is interesting but yeah so sound system fuck like <laughs> th- this is so you know we've talked about radio and i can't and i was trying to remember this this is like really embarrassing because but we've done 30 of these so there was some what was the song we did and we were like oh this is like radio like the continuation didn't we have this conversation This is uh, somebody was wasn't it
1: um or somebody it... was making fun of radio as a musical theater song and the fact that it was like a rewritten rewritten system
0: no but i thought there was like uh we we talked about i'd have to like i should go through our episode list but some rancid song like the theme of, it was like a later song felt almost like, of like a in continuation uh yeah and now but i okay i don't i remember. got what you're saying i uh
1: I mean, they did, he, he does return to this a lot, but I mean, obviously radio for sure is like the, the next one in that series.
0: Right. Right. But like, this is the one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, the whole, you know, music as this saving for like, not saving, but you know what I mean? Like God, it's, and it's, yeah.
1: It's like, it's like, It's so high level because Jesse is good at doing that, right? Like, speaking in a matter-of-fact way, but in a philosophical approach of, like, none of this matters, but it all totally matters sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, it's the same sentiment as radio and some of these other rancid songs of music saves and music is just this, like, ephemeral thing that means nothing, but it's, like, way more interesting that, you know, it has more legacy and importance than Mm -hmm. just living and dying, you know, and... uh, and I mean, I, I, th- not- I think
0: that's kind of, you know, I mean, it's an overall thesis of, Op- I, but like Jesse's, you know, God, his, I mean, his lyrics, his delivery, the way he's saying it's so, it's so like on a different level to me than any of the rancid stuff <laughs> for sure. I I mean, he kind of
1: has this, like, he seemed so mature for his age yeah Cause and he, he had was, the fil- cause
0: he's a, he was like the youngest guy i think because oh really like tim is four or five years older and matt's matt's around tim's age a oh. little bit younger but jesse i think dave i think was, jesse was
1: like 15
0: like he was he was born in i looked it up hang on so he was born in 69 and tim was born i believe in 65 wow so so he would have been 20 when this was going on but um me look maybe Tim maybe Tim was born in 65. Okay yeah
1: I thought they were a little bit younger than that but
0: yeah for some reason
1: um
0: I mean 87 when they started he would have been 18 17 okay okay okay
1: I guess that's where that's probably what I locked into is they're all 17 18 and really that was just Jesse because he was younger um anyway really mature thoughtful guy obviously you know like I actually remember I did or threatened to do, I can't remember if I did in high school or threatened to do in high school, the fact that like, this is basically Schopenhauer. <laughs> this is basically like the thought of like, nothing matters and nothing is real. It's like Kantian sort mm-hmm. of like, uh, exis- you know, proto existentialism, kind of a little bit of Eastern philosophy. But Schopenhauer always was like, well, and then there's art, which is the good and the perfect, you know, but it means nothing, you know, and he always talked about music being the most. And he was this weird old crank that I don't think is like that great to really dive deep <laughs> into. But like I, at the time, I was like, wow, this guy who like took Kantian and stuff and added this whole idea of like art and, and sort of representation and God, mm-hmm. it's been a while so I shouldn't talk about this too much because people will happily me, correct you. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But I remember being like, oh, that's... That, you know, like, a lot of people talked about how Socratic knowledge is, all I know is that I don't know nothing. You know, people mm-hmm. would always talk about Socrates. And, like, uh, I think he was, like, a budding philosophy guy. So, like, I think a lot of this is on purpose. Right. Um, but uh, it is pretty amazing how thoughtful, how eloquent and, like, high-minded it is while being very easy to understand. Yeah, You know, and and it's like... Yeah, it is 10 times more, I don't know, direct and thoughtful than most Tim stuff. But, like, what I also like about this song is it's the most rancidy Op Ivy song, right? That's true. So, it's such an interesting, like, all the there's a lot of Tim on this, right? Um, right. And I mean, uh, we hear the
0: beginning of Tim's like rapping kind of thing, Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, I know it's like that thing of like. Tim's been doing this from the first second, you know. What I mean, like, mm-hmm. and and his, you know, it's very Tim. It's just talking about a moment he woke up, like, like you know, it's that classic, like, <laughs> you know. And his, he tells it from the personal, and Jesse tells it from the philosophical, like the universal. And I mean, he says it personal, like my music, you know, like it's still about him. And but like, I think it's a great contrast to the two people who mm-hmm. you know would diverge at one, at pretty soon after this, and like you have but they obviously love very similar things they the two writing styles mesh really really well on this song
0: it's one of those uh, that you know and I think I've was thinking about this a lot this week is how you know you Tim when you think about just his whole like history of, st- he has whenever he finds that person like because you think you know you think about Lars era rancid versus the that came what came before it especially like you know we've talked we were talking about outcome the Wolves last time and mm-hmm. it's he when he has that connection because I think he and Jesse have this very it it just works right it works yeah. so uh, it's really amazing to see how it el like, and, and it not only elevates him, but I think he elevates, I mean, we, I, we know less with Jesse cause he has less of a tracker. Like, and you know, Jesse's post op Ivy stuff is fine. Like I actually really like big rig, but in, but it's not op Ivy. Like it, it's not. Yeah. Rancid. I
1: remember like in the first common writer, just, yeah. Saying,
0: but, it, um, it, it, but then you think like, think about anything like Lars has done outside of rancid. like, some of it's fine, some of it's not. <laughs> but like, a lot of
1: it is basically written with Tim, anyways. Right, I mean? like, right.
0: Well, that's true too. But
1: I mean, it's like both the large solo albums are completely co-written by Tim.
0: I I think that's one of Tim's greatest strengths is that sort like, of ability. That facilitator. Yeah. yeah. So
1: but it's like the thing that freaks us out about him a little bit too of like he has to inject himself at all times you know what i mean right
0: well and what's interesting like with op ivy in the sense that is you know i mean tim's like this is probably the song other than bad town that he's on the most i would guess yep um like jesse is very much at the front yeah and
1: it's it's a little bit of that thing like I th- I'm sure there's the the right sport where sometimes it's like there's two superstars and it's not going to work because they both want the ball sort of right like, must be a basketball thing but like you could tell I don't know much but um <laughs> that you hear that sometimes of like sometimes it doesn't work to have two frontmen right? right like and I think that's kind of what we're starting to see here though I it's not you know there's no truth to like Tim didn't leave to go do something else. Up Ivy couldn't stay together, and right. for whatever reason, and then Tim kind of spiraled, and then Rancid was like a way to get him out of the spiral, like right. many years later. So like, it isn't like that. It isn't as clean as that. Like they both needed to shine or whatever. But like, you get a sense of like, oh, Tim's gonna be somebody. Like in this song, especially, I mm-hmm. feel like mm-hmm. you're like, oh, he's got the he's got something. It's it's kind of this mushmouth interesting thing, but you know like. It's got his proto rancid, you know, oh, yeah. rockabilly guitar intro. It's right. got uh, the ska thing. It's got the rapping thing. Like he, you're starting to see. I mean, Tim is Tim all the way back then, you know, and uh, Matt. And we shouldn't ignore that. Like Matt is also part of like wrapped up in that very heavily, right? Mm-hmm. Right, um, right. You know, he did quite a lot of vocals and basic radio in this too. And like, you know, like he was again it, like Rancid, There was a lot of forces at work here. A lot of like strong personalities at work. It seems like. And, uh, but yeah, it is really interesting to listen to the song again, like after doing 30 episodes of this, you know, 30 odd episodes right. of, her, and just be like, "A Jesse is flat out awesome. Just like,
0: Oh my God. As a vocalist, I, like his, yeah. Right, oh my God. Like even listening to, I, you know, cause I've listened to the whole thing, the whole album or I guess compilation many, many times this week and God like he he does things that you know like Lars is a great singer don't get me wrong like i have a lot of respect for and you know we've talked about he really tries to push himself sometimes but Jesse's just man man well, he really like took something
1: interesting kind of the way Fugazi did and stuff that like took the hardcore vocals and like took them to a new place mm-hmm. you know kind of took them to a kind of you know he's pretty you know he's pretty early in his singing career he would he would become a very good singer later you know um i think i think he's like kind of shockingly clean later on right in a good way uh, but like trying to find these like melodic hooks kind of on the edges of the screamy parts you know what i mean uh, and like you know this is not divorced so much from the you know gravity record stuff but he's you know like in the same way as those guys took the hardcore vocals in a certain way or in the Fugazi's and the Jawboxes boxes took it another way and like, finding ways to interject melody melody and like, timbre and interesting yeah. personality into it. Like he's like a prototype, like he's one of the yeah. like vocal styles that have, I, I feel I mean, like, you know, I've really enjoyed turnstile, right um, in the last few years, and like every other sucker. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're very popular, but uh, I see a lot of Jesse in that guy's vocals, you know, what I mean, a lot of Jesse in that guy's vocals.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think so. Yeah, I mean, and I think to that point, and I think about this a lot, like with a lot of his lyrics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like this was thirty plus years ago, mm-hmm. and it, and I mean, a lot of his, I was, I was listening to um, vulnerability earlier. It's like you could write this song right now, and it would be current and poignant right now. Oh yeah, and for it's sure. third, and but I think like even like his vocals were like you said he was kind of one of the first, and you can hear it now, na- and it's um i mean i think there's a op I, ivy I was just kind of well maybe not as ahead of their time as we thought because you know with the up to no them, it was like, but i mean but they did take a it, it was just like you said there was a lot of different forces coming together um
1: i mean if you put it in context of like Rights of spring was in the summer of love dc scene was the same time you know what yeah. i mean like this was the west coast sunny version of that realization that hardcore had to, to go somewhere else you know what i mean? Right. Like, and like they had more of a, a california vibe and they had more of a um ska influence from the from the bands like basic radio and uh up, up, set up what what do they called up tones <laughs> i was like what uh but like you know and all these you know these sort of specials influences right. and all this stuff uh it was it was a really inspired place to take it but to your point he then like he, the vocal style is one thing, but then every four lines are some of the best right. <laughs> little truths nuggets you've heard out of a hardcore singer. Right. It, you know, like, I think the, the to resist despair, little interjection part where it's like, oh my God. Like I know. It's like a micro bridge, like right in the middle of the song. And it's like,
0: oh, it's incredible. Like in, in the way, in, in the way each line kind of, builds on and like it's it's you know yeah and ends with to resist despair in the world is what it means to be free or what it is to yeah it's like jesus christ
1: dude. what it is what it, <laughs> it is i love that like what it is what yeah. it is what it is I mean free uh, be free i just oh my god
0: just a second where
1: we're just
0: a second but it's just a like it makes you save.
1: Yeah. Uh it's it's incredible. And like the core thoughts of this are like you know, basically music means something even though it doesn't mean anything, and uh, you know, hope is important and you know, hearing music and going and being and things is gonna light me back up and I and you know the world is kind of weird and bleak at times and but like having and a lot of it it's about this thing of like you want to fix the world and one of the big things I think as a thoughtful teenager usually the thing that's so hard is you go I have so few levers to go work on the world so why would I try (laughs) and he's saying like look you get little bumps of of joy here and there that helps you keep going and you should try but if nothing else to just not give into that Sort of doom and gloom, you know. Like this is his core philosophy. You know, mm-hmm. this is why he's not just um, off being in a in a straightforward hardcore band or right. like a metalcore yeah. band, right? Is that he's saying like you you need a little bit of joy t- coming from the sound system, or or you're just sort of giving in to what this horrible shit? And it's like that's I mean, there's a lot more nuance to that conversation. Being a white male is, is a big part of that, but like, right, like. What a great message for, you know, the, the mostly young men of, of mm-hmm. you know, Gilman Street to hear as a formative thing than, like, no effects. You know what right. I mean? Like, which yeah. they also heard. But, and I, you know, have moments of things I liked early on about no effects, but I mostly am just like, why are you getting in your own way? You know, it's just that classic, like, right. damaged person getting in their own way constantly. Um, but, like, you know, he, he took... The fact that he was semi enlightened for his age and made sure he made a product that was interesting to the people around him and influential to the people around him and i am certain there's there's a lot of people who have sort of a positive mindset and a and a sort of um you know a lot of people don't understand that like um uh why am i blanking uh existentialism is a freeing concept it's right. about freedom and that it's up to you to a lot, apply meaning right that's a lot of what the song is right and so it's like getting kind of a lesson in that sort of existentialism of like it's up to you mm-hmm. it's not an outside force is like that probably was pretty impactful like on a certain oh. strata of people you know what i mean like
0: yeah well and it's, it's yeah and especially you know coming from i mean in like in that scene at that time op ivy were the top of the mountain mm-hmm. you know i mean and so i can only i mean i i know when i first heard it which was later after the you know broke it like it was very formative and inspiring and all those things for me so i can only imagine being there and being sort of part of it yeah um, like if you
1: were at gilman during this period what were the other bands there's that like punk band um wasn't RKL kind of around at that time? Or yeah, I Southern mean. Southern California? And, uh, I don't Because I actually do want to like go, oh, is that just Hagiography that they were the best? Or like, who did they look up to in the Gilman scene? Like, who was the rest of the Gilman scene? So or, like, know, like, Shrine
0: was pretty, yeah. they were really big. Um,
1: it, was, it must have been other Lookout bands, uh, Right,
0: I mean, that was, thing. I mean, I guess Green Day wasn't there yet. Because Green Day no. looked up to them. Um yeah i wonder i, I wonder it, like, is i know is one of the big ones yeah
1: you're right that's the one that jumped up to me too um it wasn't jesse involved at some point
0: he was in i think he was in a band with um comet bus um mm, wow okay i can't i am now i'm like look i've got the yeah. I'm, I'm i'm researching as we talk here i'm now i'm like looking <laughs> to see i'm like what was on lookout hey pre- brad do you want to do you want to read wikipedia to us yes let me uh <laughs> I'm sure there's... Like, Crim Shrine's the one that always comes to mind because they were... Is that when Antichrist was a thing, too?
1: That, like, thing Matt was in for, like, five minutes?
0: Hmm. I don't don't know.
1: know. Uh, Yeah. MTX, isn't that...
0: Yeah, MTX was... They were were really early. Um, Were they from Seattle, originally? Oh, I thought... Were they... No, no. I, I thought, thought they, they were Berkeley. I thought they were another yeah. Berkeley. Um Yeah, I you know, that's an interesting. I wonder who Dropbreaker was later, right? Yeah. In kind of different scene, one.
1: Anyways, this is again, this is Yeah, delightful. sorry. I'm sure to hear us Listen, but Right. But but I, yeah, I, I do wonder lot how much of that is like because they are in in the um you know in 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 the rear view mirror, it's like it's so obvious that they were like so much more interesting than most bands. I just want to know like were they the quote unquote turnstile of their day, like the one that everybody like kind of looked up to and um kind of broke out, or were they just another one of them and there's some other bands that were like doing more interesting stuff i too? mean
0: i I would say you know one of the thinking about like who they uh looked up to you know the uptones would be probably one yeah of the yeah guys. yeah, for sure. yeah <laughs> um, good one. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, like I came to look out that whole scene post Op Ivy. So I like, so yeah, the narrative had already been written, but it seems like them and the and Crimpshine, those are the two that always like kept coming. I mean, because like Screeching Weasel and stuff, that was later. And that's kind of different. Like, I don't think that was different. I mean, it was obviously all very lookout and, um, but I have a hard time imagining like, jesse and ben weasel getting along (laughs) oh maybe who knows yeah yeah i mean maybe ben weasel in like 1990 something is different like ben weasel 2000 yeah exactly um but yeah uh where are we going with that i don't know (laughs) um
1: well i mean like there is some uh, thing to be said about like op Ivy being like kind of one of those bands that have like a a big part of the 90s was making mythology out of punk rock you know you know which which doesn't like that you know it's not really built for that that's the nirvana the k record all this stuff sure
0: well and here's an interesting and i and again i don't know but you know there's part of me that thinks you know we are a rancid podcast like like, how much is rancid's longevity and success fed into op Ivy's sort of deification right like yeah yeah um i mean i i it's all so interconnected it, yeah exactly you know, but uh, but like
1: when in 95 when the we go read those reviews about the bulls like you know seven out of ten are gonna be talking about well, how it's like the oh, heir apparent of op ivy right you know
0: yeah it just makes me wonder like if if what if rancid only did two records like you know let's go and that was it and they never heard from them again like what would the view of op I, would it yeah it would know? have
1: been like the weird like big rig or one of the like right, after right. the fact, right right like, oh, and then they had that little swing others band you know like that that would be what people would you know like right social d and rancid and Swingin' and others right like right it'd be such a simplification of it you know right uh, <laughs> that's interesting it's also like a thing that i think is super interesting and very relevant is I think it is 100% you are allowed to like Op Ivy no matter what, you know, and again, this is bullshit rules and weird like sure. perception. So like, this is against our opinion as, of the podcast, but like, there is a truth to, it is okay to like Op Ivy and actually encouraged and liking Rancid feels like a step too far, which yeah, in light of like them being shitheads, got it. But like, even if you took that away, I think... Rancid would be seen as a little bit more juvenile and a little less um thinkings man, you know, like because of the Jesse factor. Right. And I, I think some of what we're doing is pushing back against that saying like, there is this great American rock and roll band inside of Rancid, you know? But um, but yeah, I think it's so interesting that like, kind of like Fugazi, like what are the things that are like kind of people hold on to mm-hmm. as they leave that scene? And it's like Op Ivy, Fugazi, you know, um, certain gravity bands you know like all right. these things that you know sunday day real estate you know whatever you know like they you have your four or five that you're like well these were bigger and more important than just like i like hardcore or whatever you know what i mean right. um and 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 it, like it's like <clears throat> you get no flack for being like hey i threw on uh, energy the other day and i just like couldn't believe how great it was and then if you're like dude ruby soho people are like all right calm down <laughs> you know right I mean? like,
0: uh, yeah i mean and i think it, it, well, and I think it's, and you kind of, I think, already said, this, but I think it's the Jesse factor, like, mm-hmm. and you think of his, and and it's the messages of the songs, and the, I mean, like sonically, it's great, and it's, but like, it's his, it's him. I mean, you know, not, I'm not trying to sell like Tim or Matt or any or Dave like short, but to me, the thing it's his lyrical content his the way he his singing style the like all the stuff he try you know that is what takes it up like what where if you know well and i mean a lot of people can't do rancid because they can't deal with tim's vocals yeah 100 yeah. percent um like, and, and so i and i get that like i you know i'm on record for however many hours of this podcast exists being like totally i love tim's vocals so um (laughs) you know matt's are the ones on the other hand Uh, (laughs) it's a bridge too far but um yeah i i know i think that's i i think that's definitely a a thing where it's like yeah you can i can totally like if you love op ivy but rancid is not you know you're probably not listening to this podcast very much but you might listen to this episode i guess if that's
1: (laughs) (laughs) i think that a lot of our um kind of uh weirdo music friends that are like i don't really care about rancid but i like listening to you guys talk about something you like they're pr- there's a like higher than zero percent chance they're like oh yeah i love off but I, yes. I never got into rancid you know what i mean um yeah. which is there's something like it's on the approved list of things you should go listen to as you're right. becoming a like which a is, music nerd and it's right?
0: interesting too because a lot of those people are around our age like or younger yeah. even and so obviously rancid was the one that was around while we were yeah it's not in. like
1: i ever had a chance to, I, I was a tiny kid you know when when yeah, was around. i mean
0: yeah they broke up when i was 10 so uh yeah i was like <laughs> six or seven you know what i mean like I, like
1: uh i was five i think actually like basically so yeah exactly like um there is like an enduring like when you get handed your like american hardcore you know or or you know 70s 80s punk rock you know you're like here's the f- two clash records and then here's Op ivy and here's you fugazi. know Husker du and fugazi, fugazi and yeah exactly like there's just this canon and they are the one that's like and then there's this fun band called <laughs> Op ivy you know like right like and i think that every they're they're just interesting enough that like all the people into all that other stuff can like go okay and then i'll allow <laughs> i'll allow that's that one ska band you know what i mean <laughs> and uh I think that that legacy is so interesting. Like like Op Ivy, people just go, yeah, I love Op Ivy, and the Rancid's gonna be a lot more divisive. And then of course Rancid did, did themselves no favors by being kind of shitheads at times, right? And not kind of shitheads, being shitheads at times. Well, and it's um, and it's a
0: whole other thing too. When it's like you have, you know, one great album and EP, and that's it. And oh, then you
1: know, yeah, we we can't miss that. That like when you break up with this like kind of shitty sounding. You know uh perfect little like diy yeah. gem you know you're gonna be treated in a different way than if
0: you kept going right, right. Like and, it's just... and if you made outcome the dominoes or whatever
1: <laughs> <laughs> honors I, all the dominoes. I
0: honor us all the dominoes uh, uh
1: i i do want to say I remember when I was talking to my wife about Op Ivy and being like, okay, you're not going to live ranted, but like, I think you probably know and will like Op Ivy. And she, we, we listened to a couple songs, and uh, she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I even know this song. And and um, I, I was encouraging her to listen to it a little bit more. And, man, that uh, remaster, 2007, I guess it was, mm-hmm. I hadn't I – keep every. it's like every time I put it on, I'm sure I've done this like four or five times over the years, I'm like – I wish i had this because like early cd mastering was so bad you know what i mean right and they they like they they, that cd came out in 91 and they didn't change that master i'm sure forever
0: until 2007 yeah exactly (laughs) and so
1: like uh it's still the same recordings like they didn't actually do much but like it's just a little bit better mastering and uh you know i i think back to that early repeater cd of fugazi like the repeater plus whatever mm-hmm. you know uh it, it sounds god awful you know and it, oh yeah and the music does not deserve to sound so bad especially on cd which is supposed to be pristine you know like the truth is early cds sounded like ass because yep. nobody knew how to transfer right
0: you know which is interesting because that in the production notes like john golden did the mastering on this album john golden is like you know legend of um i mean dude has mastered everything but yeah it sounds like shit (laughs) but i think he he did the original mastering i believe so i believe so wow but again i mean i i think you're right like back then nobody knew what the hell they were doing
1: yeah i think i think cd transfers were really flawed at the time and getting things from tape to Mm -hmm. to cd um especially like after the you know the vinyl had come out for a few years like was a nightmare and and i think you can go read articles and go watch videos about like what a mess the 80s and the early 90s were for cd transfers and stuff and uh yeah we're lucky to have such a nice oh i know not not like too punched up but a lot nicer master and and I think that was a barrier of entry, even the first couple of times I listened to it on when I got the CD, and I was like, "Ah, oh, I like this," but man, huh. <laughs> this is some rough, rough sounded stuff. And I was, you know, kind of into right. that, but like, because um, they, you know, they're like demos plus, you know, they're like barely above a demo, right? You know? Right.
0: Yeah. Um, I think so. One of the things too I want to talk about is so do we think that there's ever going to be a reunion? Because obviously there was the sort of mini. You know they did sound system earlier this year where, where i guess it was tim time bomb or tim, i don't know was playing some some
1: benefit yeah something and, he seems pretty involved in yeah and, in LA. and jesse
0: came out and they did sound system which you could which it's interesting you could tell he was pretty nervous um yeah and then you think about it too it's like okay you can do the one song that vocal the, like the first it's it's that's like hard to do the try to describe it yeah. it's like holy shit man like he, he still got it once he I got like into he, it like once yeah. he kind of got over that initial hump it's like man he still got it
1: i think he was having some sound or mic problems too in that yeah. video so like uh, he was a little bit kind of on an island i think for a moment there and he was like oh jesus <laughs> um i just but think- yeah no i like he still has his voice like he, uh, it was you know and he's such a like both, it's so funny to look at pictures of them and then like look at these burly dudes that they are now. I like know. they both have become so burly.
0: Like, so it happens when you get old, man. <laughs> I don't know. They're like,
1: but they're both like kind of you know they're obviously like fit, to, right? You know, yeah. well, that's like, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're kind of California fit guys, and uh, and it, yeah, it was cool. I mean, they seem to be hanging out a lot more. There was also that recent tribute that that guy does, where he has all these famous people cover a song like together on YouTube. Very gen z youtube thing they did sound system and like tony hawk did the vocals
0: oh wow And like
1: tim was like hanging out and showing him the the guitar from the op ivy guitar and like um
0: and then there was that weird commercial i can't
1: yeah that like nft commercial
0: yeah i what i I was never clear what the fuck it was i didn't and it was an nft thing it was an
1: nft party sort of thing but it
0: was it was so random that like tim and jesse were in it in a studio like
1: i wonder if there's also like a little bit of, like, can you resuscitate Tim's image if you kind of do it with Jess- alongside Jesse? You know what I mean? Yeah. It, like, I wonder if there's any thought around that. I don't know if there's going to be a reunion. I would love to see them, like... <clears throat> I mean, I would kill to have, like, a nice new ranted album come out and have a really good, like, Jesse song on it. Yeah, then, like, that, that, that would be, cool. be what I... That would feel more true to, like, whatever. And then, I didn't he do a cover of Sound System on Tim Tybomb land in like 2013 too or 14. Uh, tim or they, tim he, and jesse i know uh, jesse Tim and jesse they did, did tim a time bomb.
0: well yeah they did like an action like a new song like they wrote a song oh, together um yeah and it was around that time like 12 or 13 okay. I, and i don't you know god the tim there's so much tim time bomb stuff i can't remember if it's any good but um but
1: it, i know the, the it, question is like does tim time bomb stuff count as like finishing out all the rants and stuff because no. we're gonna have a much longer podcast
0: <laughs> no we'll be dead before <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> no I... I mean it was like weekly right oh like god it was yeah i mean there's there's hundreds yeah and it's um very spotty <laughs>
1: yeah which is fine i mean that right. was the idea was right. that it was like i'm just hanging out with my friends in the studio and right. just putting things out one by one
0: right um and either
1: it's good or bad
0: but yeah i don't know man i just like jesse is I, his obviously it's like his art and his writing is more his thing anymore um he was in that like metal band recently yeah yes he has, he has a um it's all very sporadic though right i mean it's like it is
1: i think it's like when he can get together with his friends and you know he's not going to be touring a lot or anything right now
0: no and i think i mean i think he's i mean i don't know what his personal life is like but um he clearly i mean he had a I've bought a couple of zines that he's done in the last few years. I remember the most recent one was like a chat book. And I remember he put it up on Instagram. He was like, it was like new chat book. It's four poems. They're good. (laughs) (laughs) And they are. I mean, they are like, he's, he's he's just like such a thoughtful, very like, this sounds really pretentious, but I'm struggling to come with a better way to say he's like this very like kind of deep thinker who mm-hmm. but who's very and this is you know part of what makes op ivy so great and we is how good he is at articulating it in ways that don't sound like like he's not just trying to show how fucking smart he is um no he's trying to communicate yeah like he he's actually
1: like in the end he's probably the person i would guess goes into politics yeah in a good way right you know what i mean like like local or something you know what i mean like he has this need to get complex ideas across to the average person i think that that's how i perceive it from afar and it i would not be surprised if he continues to this day as he's probably developed quite a bit in his like thought processes i think he still wants it to be highly digestible and clean in his messaging that's the one thing i feel like his stuff it's for how high-minded it is he really wants it to be a clean message you know yeah like so
0: and yeah and i and that is just all over op ivy and why 30 years later so much of it is like this is just as current and just as like this message is just as potent and um needed (laughs) yeah
1: absolutely and it's good to break it into op ivy and but the one thing i will say it's a good pick because this is the most tim and rancid you you can hear mm-hmm. that i can remember inside of op Ivy. and it's such a cool kind of moment of like oh you can kind of see see the two things at once you know you can see right. where rancid and op Ivy meet and and uh it's a cool song that like you you feel like you know it but coming back and really thinking about it critically you're just like i get blown away again by the lyrics and yeah. get blown away by the structure i love the breakdown and i love the again like i said to resist is a that that little four liner is kind of out of nowhere too you know like they do these nice little like more angular shifts mm-hmm. than than rancid does and uh it's it's really fun so uh it's a good pick
0: yeah i think yeah i i had something to say and i forgot what it was so <laughs> Cut on it's a good pick yeah it's a good pick the end Okay, so speaking of good picks, uh,
1: yeah, I <laughs> do. You have a pick? Very, I kind of <laughs> didn't, but uh, I mostly because I was like, "Oh, I wanted to avoid this." But why? I think there's actually a great little sequel. So we go all the way back to 88, 89, and see you know skank it to the rhythm with the music by my side, <laughs> and we go all the way forward to whatever seventeen or. Oh. or and um i've been wanting to talk about though i think it might be one of those ones where we talk about it and there's not a lot to say other than it's a really fun song you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i'm a little worried about it but uh i think where i'm going is one of the best rancid songs uh, in the in the 2000s you know what i mean like
0: oh yeah i think the,
1: the troublemaker track five yeah
0: i think post rancid 2000 like yeah it may be the best post it's, it's really, it's really good. good
1: it's like some of the best lars on that album and it's it yeah. is maybe yeah it might be the best ska track they've done since life won't wait
0: yeah
1: i mean it's it's, it's really it's kind good. Of shocking how good it is it's kind of like the better version of up to no good where it's just trying to be a really fun poppy ska song it's, you know it's
0: also the moment and i am I should save this but whatever um it's also for me it's the moment on troublemaker where it goes from like i'm listening to it i'm like hey this is all right to be like wait there might be something here
1: <laughs> yes yeah yeah yeah
0: um so oh that's a great pick that's just, yeah and i like yeah bookend like oldest yeah newest, exactly so
1: exactly we, we heard tim talking about that music means a lot to him and skanking to the music of the rhythm by my side and here we go you know in 2017 they're still putting out remarkably fun ska (laughs) songs you know like kind of shockingly good ska ska songs
0: good deal awesome um cool all right well everybody always as always thanks for listening find us on twitter and on instagram or at least as long as twitter exists um (laughs) and 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 i'm going down with the shit you know, oh yeah me too like, yeah. i, I, o- I want to see I, what it looks like i live in oklahoma like willingly so twitter is nothing like that's you <laughs> am gonna see a dumpster fire fucking come here um anyway so yeah twitter and instagram at rancid pod and next week we will once again see you in the bed hi yeah that one went I don't know what the fuck <laughs> I like it it sounded like
1: you got dropped <laughs> it's like it. yeah
0: somebody just pulled the chair out from pulled under you me away <laughs>